Well, my name is Matt, and this is my wife, uh, my beautiful wife, Jen. And here we are on the first day of our married life together. I think we've got a picture. Yep. Uh, we were so young back then, and we had no idea what we were doing. Um, uh, we've uh, been married 26 years. In a few weeks, it'll be 27. Really excited about that. And we're privileged to have three beautiful daughters, Ellie, Chloe, and Emma Kate. There they are. They get their beautiful looks from their mother. Um, no snide remarks. Um, so thank you for the opportunity for us to share our story with you tonight. And our prayer is that what you take away from our story comes down to one word, hope. I grew up in a home that was stable and predictable. I had an older sister and an older brother. My dad worked and my mom stayed home. We went to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night without fail. I can never remember a time in my life when I didn't know about Jesus and his love for me. And by God's grace, I also can't remember a time that I didn't want to love and follow him. Um, growing up, my Sunday school teachers and my youth leaders, they encouraged me to live out my faith in my daily life. Um, and I strove to do this to the best of my ability. I wanted to be excellent in everything I did, in school, in sports, in church, in clubs, you name it. I wanted to be the best, to prove myself, and to not let anyone down. Uh, I found success in both academics, athletics, and leadership. And, and to, on the outside, it looked like I had it all together. But inside, I was struggling with pride and control. Um, I believed that my accomplishments made me significant, and I felt a need to perform well in everything I did. I worked hard, and I genuinely cared about people, but I also cared too much about ensuring that people approved of me. I found my identity in awards and accolades, and I wanted to win at everything, and was really hard on myself whenever I made a mistake. The family I grew up in wasn't perfect, but our home was filled with peace, stability, and a lot of fun times together. We were active in a local church, but my experience there did not result in a clear understanding of Jesus and the gospel. Along the way, I picked up a few facts about God and the Bible, but mostly church for me was about having fun and goofing around with my friends. It wasn't until college that a friend helped me understand who Jesus was and why he came. For the first time, I understood the truth of my sin, that I was much worse off than I could ever have imagined. But at the same time, I began to grasp the truth of God's love for me, even in the midst of my sin. Around the same time, even as my life was being changed by Jesus, I also began to wake up to some areas of real brokenness in my life. To be very specific, I've struggled with shame and fear for as far back as I can remember. I can't really pinpoint one event or one circumstance where this fear and shame started, but somewhere along the way, I began to believe very deeply in my heart that something was wrong with me, something that needed to be hidden. I didn't realize it at the time, but I was pretty reluctant to just be myself in relationships with others. Instead, I constantly managed those relationships working hard to be sure the other person or the group was pleased with me and happy that I was around. I spent so much energy working to ensure other people saw me as Mr. Perfect, the guy who never made a mistake, 
It was exhausting. But once Jen and I met and fell in love and then got married to each other, that's when things really got interesting. After college, I moved to Denton, Texas to teach school and attend graduate school working on my master's in counseling. Uh, during this time, I met Matt through a coworker, and I was drawn to him instantly for many reasons, but really first and foremost was his love for God and his word. He knew it and studied it in a way that I'd never seen in a man before. Um, this drew me to want to get to know him better, so I started praying for an opportunity to develop a friendship with him. And then literally jumped up and down when God answered my prayer. (laughs) Matt asked my roommate and I to be prayer partners for him with a ministry he was a part of at church. So this allowed us time together. um, And I lost my place. I'm sorry. Um, Oh, we started just spending more time together, talking, getting to know one another, going on runs. um, And I quickly knew um, that I was going to be falling in love with this man. Um, Matt was all the things I wanted in a husband, if only I could get him to ask me to marry him. So eventually he did, which was wonderful. And we began to be able to think about all the things that could happen in the future in our life together and how wonderful it would be, except when it wasn't. Um, Quickly, I realized that he wasn't perfect and he might not think I was perfect either. Um, I struggled to admit when I was wrong and I felt like a terrible wife when I made a mistake and didn't respond graciously to Matt, I would become defensive or combative. And while a lot was right in our marriage, some things were not. It was easy to get into ruts in the way we related to one another when life was stressful or when we didn't agree about something. I found myself frustrated, disappointed, and wanting more from Matt. During our engagement, and then definitely in those first few years of marriage, we enjoyed a sweet honeymoon period. We had good friends. We were enjoying serving together in college ministry at our church. At the same time, there were inevitable moments of conflict. And for me, because I was working so hard to manage our relationship, working to ensure Jen was always happy with me and never upset, when we would disagree, even over small things, I would interpret Jen's disagreement as a personal attack. I couldn't recognize it at the time, but my struggles with shame and fear led me to some pretty messed up ways of responding to her. To give you just one example, one time Jen and I were invited to a friend's house uh, for dinner, and on the way there, we disagreed over the best way to get there. Looking back, I can see that this is really not that big of a deal. Like, who cares if we take one route over another? Uh, Who cares if it's different from the one I planned? But at that moment, because it was so important to me that Jen see me as Mr. Perfect, this little conflict led to a huge argument. I blasted her with my words. I got loud, angry, and sarcastic. And then when when, when she responded back at me, I withdrew and just gave her the silent treatment. Once I finally calmed down, I was filled with huge regret. And I began to wonder, I mean, I love Jen. I I know she loves me. Why in the world did I let this little disagreement turn turn into such a big argument? And I just lost my mind with my anger. What was going on? This cycle, a little argument, taking it way too personally, Blowing up in anger and sarcasm and then withdrawing, that cycle happened over and over and over. I didn't want to admit that I was part of the problem. Why couldn't Matt understand me? 
Why couldn't I just do better? How could I fix this broken part of us? I just wanted to fix it. I was looking to Matt to be my Jesus and making an idol of my marriage instead of looking to Jesus to change my heart and to help me love Matt the way that I'd vowed to. I needed to let go of control and thinking that if I could just get Matt to do this this or that, everything would be okay. I needed to admit that I'd been difficult for him to lead and to realize that Matt was on my team, that he loved me even though I wasn't perfect. After years of these small conflicts turning into big arguments, God helped me through the ministry of Regen to discover some of the root causes of this destructive cycle. And as I learned more and more about how I was fully accepted by the Father as his son through Christ, it became easier to see that I didn't need to chase after the approval of people. God the Father, the creator of the whole universe, he loved me enough and accepted me enough to call me his son. First John chapter 3, verse 1 says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the sons of God. And so we are. This helped me to not take Jen's little displeasure so personally. Instead of feeling rejected and taking out my pain on her through angry, sarcastic words, I'm learning to slow down and respond to her with patience and humility. Instead of seeing her as some kind of an enemy, I can more quickly remember that she's my partner and my friend. I'm still a long way from perfect in this. There are still moments where I receive Jen's questions or disagreements as some sort of an attack on me. But I've really found that the peace that comes from being secure in Christ helps me to not worry as much about having the approval of other people. Just because I knew what I needed to do didn't mean I would actually do it. I was prideful and defensive, and it was hard to change. Sometimes I said nothing and held resentment in my heart towards Matt. Or sometimes I said too much and hurt him with my words. It really got difficult when one of our daughters faced significant struggles. Out of respect for her privacy, I will not go into detail, but I will share that we faced several crisis moments in our home that caused both great amounts of stress and fear. At times, Matt and I walked this road gracefully together, and at times, it felt like we were worlds apart. We didn't know what to do or how to help our daughter, and we didn't know how to support one another. I wanted so badly for Matt to understand my needs and my fears that I neglected even thinking about how things were impacting him. For me, this was a scary and an overwhelming time. I couldn't fix it. I'm sure many, if not all of us in this room, have dealt with things that are very hard and very scary. But when it came to caring for our daughter in the midst of her struggle, I'm just ashamed to admit that many times it was just easier to escape from it. It was easy to just leave the situation behind and withdraw. Rather than lean in together with Jen and trust God to carry us through all these hard and overwhelming things we were facing, I was abandoning her to deal with it alone. I was falling back into that same old trap of thinking I had to be Mr. Perfect. And when it was clear that I couldn't fix it and didn't know what to do, I would look for a way to escape to something that I could handle. 
There were times our fear and exhaustion from the situation led us to have conflict over really insignificant things. And I'm sure that my withdrawal made Jen feel alone when she needed support from me more than ever. Uh, It was a lonely and isolating place as a parent and in our marriage. God was faithful to consistently remind me of his care and provision. And over time, Matt and I discovered ways to love one another better and to remind each other that we're in this together. We're a team. We have to be careful to communicate clearly and regularly all the time, but especially when we're walking through difficult circumstances so that we remember who each other are and and see each other through the lens of our entire relationship, not just the moments where one of us has made a mistake as we inevitably both do. Sometimes we will stop and say to one another, um, remember who I am, I'm on your side. It sounds so simple, but it really has helped me when I'm frustrated or hurt or disappointed with Matt to stop and remind myself of who he is as a person and how he has always been faithful committed, patient, and loving. This is a man that God has given me as a gift, and I get to decide how I receive that gift. Satan wants to pull us apart, but God has helped me to learn to lean into Matt and his leadership. Embracing Matt's love and support has allowed me to experience the huge blessing of being fully known and fully loved, even in all my brokenness. I do not have to perform for Matt to love me. He accepts me just as I am, even when I mess up. I wish I could say that all of our daughter's struggles are over and that life has become perfectly smooth. While things have seemed to stabilize to a point, we've experienced enough of life to know that things can go from smooth sailing to very scary and overwhelming very quickly. So while the overall circumstances haven't changed much, while they're still hard and unpredictable at times, I've learned that I don't have to have all the answers. I don't have to bear the responsibility of fixing things. Instead, I can look to the Lord. I can bring all the hard, overwhelming things to him and rest in knowing that he is good, that he cares for me, he cares for Jen, and he cares for our daughters. Things that overwhelm me don't overwhelm him. Things that seem impossible to me aren't impossible for him. I take great comfort in how God describes himself in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 17 to 20. He says, when the poor and needy seek water and there is none and their tongue is parched with thirst, I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers on the bare heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. I will put in the wilderness the cedar, the acacia, the myrtle, and the olive. I will set in the desert the cypress, the plain, and the pine together that they may see and know, may consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord has done this. The Holy One of Israel has created it. If we're not diligent, all of us will fall into the trap of comparing our marriage to others and or wishing our spouse would be different than they are. God wants marriage to be a display of his goodness, 
and a place where he's glorified. He's not surprised by the struggles we face in our marriage. And he wants us, including me, to allow him to transform my heart that I might look more like Christ and I might love Matt the way God intended for me to, selflessly. On my own, I cannot do that. But Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. God can change us. He has changed me. He is all I need, yet he's given me the gift of Matt to walk through this life with. And with his help, I can love Matt the way that he desires and deserves, not because I'm better than anyone else, but because of God and his work in my heart. Thank you guys for listening to our story.